What's up, Doers and Shakers? This is Hannah of the Doers and Shakers podcast. I have with us today, episode 15, Chef Taylor Stanton, an all-around artist and incredible human being to chat with. Uh, we cover all things from chef life, starting a business, the Salty Moose food truck, his mobile kitchen and elevated food truck experience, what it's like to be a family man, cutting the ties with a job that took him away from being able to be a family man, and just getting down to the nitty grit with some really bomb-ass advice on what it's like to jump out of your comfort zone, take the bull by the horns, and start your own business. I'm extra connected to this guest on today's episode as I personally have grown up with Taylor and I have seen his gumption, his grit, his motivation, his very, very inspiring artistic ability to make people fall in love with his food. And I'm ever so grateful for his time and his energy that he put on this episode today. And it's funny, I have to note, Taylor and I were chatting a little bit before he came on. How will I follow up with Dave Gutter? as he put it. And I just felt as if it was important to note that every single person and every single guest that I bring on to the Doers and Shakers podcast is on the same playing field. If you are on the Doers and Shakers podcast, it is because you are seeing the limelight is doing and shaking. You are grabbing the bull by the horns, working from your bootstraps up and getting things done. And all along the way, you're leaving a footprint, inspiring people and carrying them with you. So That is why I go from people that might have a level of fame to people that might have a level of fame in a different limelight. To me, every single person that I've had the honor of speaking with on this podcast has held a special place in the entrepreneurial world, the doers and shakers realm, and all around creative energy that we can all feel wildly inspired with. So without further ado, I give you episode 15 of the Doers and Shakers podcast. All right, episode 15, I have today with me Taylor Stanton of the Salty Moose and just all things creative in the food world and beyond. Um, I've grown up with Taylor, so it is not only an honor to have him on this episode, but I just feel as though I am creatively inspired by him. He for sure has that doers and shakers energy. I couldn't not have him on the podcast. We're talking about someone that created an entire business (laughs) during the pandemic and has since flown through all of it in such an incredible format. So without further ado, Taylor Stanton, how's it going? Great. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. No, thanks so much for being on this episode. I remember back when I started making a list on who I wanted to have on the podcast, you were automatically on there. Um, I just feel like there's people in this world, you either have that doers and shakers energy or you don't, and you've always had it. Um, So you were on the list and I want to just talk today about what it's like being a chef, where you find creative inspiration and motivation, any advice for people that maybe want to get into the chef world, starting a business, uh, and just, you know, all things doing and shaking when you have a vision and how we put that forth. So I think we should just start off with a bang and you should just tell us the story of the salty moose. 
Yeah. So um, I always just really wanted to, you know, start my own food truck. It's kind of just been in the back of my mind. Um, and then working through throughout the restaurants over the years, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's really hard. If you want to start a family, you're sacrificing a lot of time. And, uh, you know, I just was like, I kind of want to do my own thing and make my own hours and be my own boss. And that's kind of how it all kind of came up. So did you ever think that you would have a food truck or did you think you had, you would have an actual space like in a building or even now, like, I think, you know, eventually I'd, I'd like to have a kind of a brick and mortar place. Um, but I always kind of knew that I would start with a food truck um, just because, you know, startup costs and stuff like that. It, it seemed more doable than um, starting off with an actual restaurant. Um, and I kind of wanted to build my, build my name and build my brand and, and kind of uh, get a following before I try to, you know, take that big of a risk, I guess. Mm, yeah, I think you're going about it the right way. You're for sure building a brand and, and gaining an audience. I feel like everyone is very familiar at this point with the Salty Moose and even to backtrack a little bit, just your profession in general, you know, you've got a pretty, pretty incredible rapport and an outstanding portfolio in the chef industry throughout New England. Uh, coming up, you know, working alongside David Turin, uh, working in the Kennebunkport industry. And then just as a whole, I think when people think of you, they know, you know, he's a chef and he's an incredible one at that. Uh, and so I kind of want to dig a little bit into, you know, when you were starting the vision with Salty Moose, how did you go about designing the truck itself, because I feel like this is a really cool story. I saw a lot of the before and after photos, which can be in inspiring in itself, but talk to us a little bit. I think it can be a very uplifting story that you literally built like from bare bones, your, your yeah. mobile kitchen. Yeah. Um, that was really, you know, an amazing thing for me because I kind of had my family involved and my son, um, you know, I have a five-year-old son and, and he was all about it. And, and we kind of did it together and every day he'd, he'd be like, dad, can we go up? Can we work in the food truck? Can we work in the food truck? You know? So it was kind of like really special to build that, those, mom those moments with him. And uh, yeah, I kind of just um, kind of decided on kind of what I wanted to build. Um, I bought a, uh, just a box trailer, brought it home. Um, you know, I went there a few times to a couple of different dealers and checked them out with measuring tape and just measured the interiors and, and, and kind of brought, brought those measurements home and kind of just took like, uh, some painter's tape in my, in my kitchen actually, and just started kind of, you know, mapping out the floor plan and figuring out down to the inch of what I could get in there and the layout I wanted and, uh, that kind of thing. So it was, it was really kind of a, a fun process and, um, you know, like I said, family was really important. So it was fun to kind of get everyone involved and, and do that together. I love the story of including your family from day one. Like that is incredible. And I think a lot of people can relate to that and also giving your kiddos something that they can look up to and see that you did, you know, you put your mind to something, you can do it. You can achieve anything. I think that you, you taught them so much without having to say anything, which is incredible and 
and your and white your wife Dylan being able to be along with you and work with you and you know Dylan's family as well and to just bring everyone in entirely as a family to help you along with this journey it almost I mean it's got to feel like you've got this incredible team behind you and that no matter what you can't fail or fall right because family is your safety net right yeah um <laughs> funny thing like she wasn't actually you know, the original plan wasn't that she was going to work on the truck with me. It just kind of, kind of just organically happened where, um, you know, when I first started out, I kind of needed someone and I wasn't sure, like, you know, the finance part of it, how, how, you know, if I, if I was going to be able to support an employee. So she kind of was like, all right, I'll, I'll, why don't I come and, and, uh, you know, help you out, start it out. And it just kind of stuck and she kind of built the rapport with the customer and, and everyone kind of, everyone really gave us a lot of support as far as, you know, they liked that we were a family husband and wife doing this. And, and uh, you know, she was kind of the face of the business, which wasn't the original plan, but worked out really well. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I, I loved having the opportunity to come out and shoot some photos for you when the truck was getting going and, and your family was there. And I just remember editing them and just like a specific shot of all of all four of you guys just in front of the truck. And it just felt so incredible to feel that energy surrounding you guys of you're a family, you're doing this, you're making your dream come true. And, and like you mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode about wanting time to be a dad and be a husband and be there. And, you know, chef life doesn't always <laughs> deliver that. Right. And you work so many hours and no. you miss, you miss everything. And so I would, I would think probably, the best gift that you're giving, you know, between Dylan and the kiddos and, and yourself is time. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then, and, you know, when I first started out and I was kind of just the bachelor and just doing that and, and the business was, it kind of was fitting for my lifestyle at the time, but, you know, getting married and having children, it, it just, it, I wasn't really, I, I love what I do. Like I, I love the food aspect of it and everything like that, but I just wasn't, um, I needed something else, you know, I needed, I needed to spend more time with them. And, and that was kind of the, I, I think that, you know, the pandemic and, and um, kind of just made everyone kind of step back and think like, what do I want? You know, what's important to me? What, what, um, how can I do this? That makes sense for, for my family, you know, and not just me. I think, I think that's kind of like, kind of a, just the thing for a lot of people to, um, kind of, it kind of made everyone take a step back and just kind of wonder what they really, really wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to keep going with the food thing and I just, the restaurant just wasn't going to be for me. I don't think so. I'm mm. very happy. with. Yeah. I think you, you hit it right on the head there. A lot of people took a step back and saw things. Um, and for you, it probably fell into your lap at a perfect time. And starting to appreciate what we could do instead of what we're sitting with. And that in itself too is huge. I think so many businesses, you know, our heart goes out to all these places that, you know, whether they had to shut down or were struggling a little bit, maybe they're waking, you know, coming back out of it. But a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs have blossomed. And the fact that you <laughs> built one from the ground up literally and flourished through and grew uh, says a lot, not just about your food. I think a common mistake is people, I mean, even as a photographer, I hear this a lot, like, you know, wow, you must have a really amazing camera. And for you, it's like, wow, like you must have all kinds of amazing equipment. And how do you know how to do this and all this stuff? But to have like the core be the motivation and the heart, the gumption and like a fast pace 
thought that no matter what happens, like I'm doing this, I'm going to make it incredible. I'm going to make it amazing. And you have that. And that probably carried you through a lot, which makes me, leads me to my next question. Um, when you were starting all of this, what were you scared as hell of? Like, what were you like, holy shit, what's, is this going to happen? Or, you know, what were you feeling when you were officially launching the Salty Moose? I mean, you know, is there anything when you, when you're starting a business, there's obviously it's a lot of fear of failure and stuff like that, but, um, and it's easy to make excuses to not start, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, well, you know, what if I can't support my family? What if, you know, what if it doesn't work out? What if, um, you know, you go broke, it, there's a million things that go through your head, but, um, you know, I've, like I said, I've always wanted to do this and I always made those excuses, even when I didn't have like anything to lose, you know what I mean? Now, I, now I have a family and it's like, I, I have to support them and I have to make things work. So, um, more than ever, I had those fears, but at the same time, if I could give advice to anyone, as far as that goes, it's like you, if you're confident in what you're doing, whether it's, you know, being a chef or you're a photographer or you're going out on your own with that, whatever business you're doing, you got to just do it. You just, just do it. And, and, uh, just have that confidence in yourself and just push through and make it happen. Cause mm -hmm. you're always gonna, you know, you're always going to look back on that if you didn't and, and, and kind of regret not doing it. So I just say, go for it. I love that. You're right. You can always look back and be like, Oh shit, I could have done this. What if I did this? And it sounds like you have that energy of, um, there's no other option. Like we're doing this. There's no plan B this is what's happening. And sometimes that's yeah. what gets it done. Like a lot of people that they have this vision and they have this feeling, if they can just act on it, even if you're scared as hell, cause that's going to happen. Um, just having that mindset of like, there's no other choice. There's no plan B like we're doing this and then just wait and, and let it happen. Um, what was one of the most important things when you started your own business? What was, what was an important thing, no matter what, that you wanted to make sure you were doing? Um, that's a good question. Mm. As far as my business and the food, like I just, I wanted to kind of just keep it simple, keep it fresh. I didn't want to be like, you know, buying anything. Like I wanted to make everything from scratch and everything fresh and, and use local ingredients as much as possible and kind of just, do the same things I was doing in a, in a restaurant setting, just, um, on the truck, I think was, I was I, you know, that's one thing I was really proud of that I would do and not, you know, sacrifice the product and, and, you know, give an inferior product. I really wanted to kind of keep it upscale for a food truck. Yeah. And you sure have, I, <laughs> speaking of, of showing up and taking some of those photos, I just remember like, I haven't had a burger like that since. And I just always think about, you know, you hear people starting their own business or, and you know, whether it's a food truck or whatever business and you're excited for that person and you can't wait to see what they're going to develop and, the, and what they make. And then when they make what they're making and, and develop what they're developing, it's like incredibly uplifting seeing the entire thing unfold and that day, you know, watching you cook and, and serve what you were serving, I just, I couldn't believe that, you know, someone could take what you do and turn it into that. 
um, food truck elevation is certainly becoming a thing and it's coming around. And I know that you had mentioned, you know, you wanted a food truck, but from an elevated experience. And that's certainly what you guys are right. doing. Um, talk to us a little bit about what you're serving on the truck and some of your best sellers. I'm sorry. Talk to us a little bit about um, like your best sellers on the truck and, and kind of what people are, people are loving. Yeah. So um, we'll backtrack just a little bit. Um, so when I, when I started the, when I started building the truck, I, I, at this point I had no idea really where I was going with it. You know what I mean? Like where was I going to set up? What, what hours was I going to do? That kind of thing. Where, where was I going to be? Um, so it kind of just organically happened where I ended up at a German brewery in Limerick. Um, and that happened from my brother-in-law, uh, who also has kind of a restaurant background. He kind of just reached out and was like, Hey, where are you going to be? And I was like, I don't know yet. Um, that kind of thing. And, uh, he kind of shared some of his contacts and that was nice brewery was brewing was one of the one of the contacts he shared so i kind of just reached out to a few of his contacts that he gave me and i'm like hey you know this is my story i'm i'm uh, starting this food truck and you know would you be interested in having me there anytime and nice you know reached back out and they were uh dustin and Alyssa, the owners they're super nice people they reached out and uh they were like yeah like we've we really want someone here like kind of full-time and uh so we scheduled a time to meet up. I met up with them. So to answer your question, I ended up out there for most of the time. And, um, you know, they're a German brewery. So the menu, I kind of went back and forth a bunch of times, but once I, once I figured out that I was going to be there, I kind of wanted to, you know, stay true to them and something that would pair well with their product. And, um, so I kind of went like, you know, a little bit German style, like, uh, we do, but with an American influence kind of thing, um, you know, like I make spetzel, which is like a German egg noodle pasta and, um, you know, but make it like a mac and cheese version. And uh, that's, that's a pretty big seller and bratwurst and just kind of German potato salad, just, just kind of like some, some things that kind of pair well with what they're doing with their beer. So that's kind of how the, the menu wasn't really planned. It kind of just happened based on where I was. I love that. Cause I feel like too, you can put your own touch on something and draw from inspiration. And then, you know, pairing, whether you're pairing wine to a steak, in your case, the beer and the brewery with your food in your truck that you could give it an experience altogether um, and tie in together and play off each other's flavors and the aromas and the actual atmosphere there, which is awesome. Um, and so rewinding a little bit as far as, you know, your food experience and where you draw inspiration from, you started in restaurants, obviously working your way up, working, cooking for presidents, celebrities, and all of that. While I'm sure you, to you, that's exciting, but you're like, yeah, that's cool. But I, I like to put as much um, gumption, fire, and love into every dish I make, whether they're famous, a president, or just my neighbor. It's got to feel exciting for you knowing that you along your journey before the salty moose were wrapped up in an environment where your food was that upscale. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of those things like, um, 
you know, the celebrity things kind of fell into place, like cooking for, you know, I've cooked for a lot of different um, celebrity type people, but um, yeah, going back, you had mentioned David Turin. Um, he's kind of like a mentor to me. He, he, I worked for him for quite a while. Um, started in about 2013. I think I got hired at uh, when he opened the Kenny Bung Port restaurant and um, you know, that was kind of like a turning point for me as far as my career, just because he was who he was and kind of um, very successful entrepreneur and someone that I looked up to. Um, and he kind of, you know, took me in and, and taught me a lot of the business aspects of stuff and, you know, always believed in me and kind of, you know, encouraged me to, to do kind of what I'm doing and gave me the confidence to kind of be like, you know, I can do this and uh, I can, you know, start a business and be successful and, and kind of just believed in me. So um, yeah, he was just the amazing mentor and uh, great guy. And not, not just me, like there's, you could talk to 25 people, 30 people that would, that would kind of give you the same spiel on him, you know? Yeah, he's a pretty amazing guy. It's it's wild to see all the things he's accomplished and that he's done. Shout out to David Turin. Um, if you're in the Portland area, South Portland area, definitely check out David's. Uh, David's he's David's 388, right? Opus is one of his one as well. Uh, he's, I mean, all around incredible, incredible guy. I've only had the honor of meeting meeting him once, but hearing you know your experience with him and uh, my partner John's experience with him. I'm sure anyone that can be under his wing uh, is yeah. is in for a treat. So, um, talk to us a little bit about you know alongside David Turn, you must have people that you're inspired by and look up to. Are there any other New England chefs that you follow suit with, or um, people you like to, to like to follow? Um, not like on a personal level, really. Um... I, I do follow like as far as like social media, like I follow pretty much every restaurant and, and chef around and I, I'm, I'm always seeing what everyone else is kind of doing, but um, not really on a personal level like him. No, not really. Who are you like, inspired think, by in a global level? Um, I'm kind of like a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. Like I, I loved reading his books and uh, you know, he had the audio book uh, kitchen confidential is you know the the most well-known book but uh you know they did he did an audio version of that where it's his own voice which i thought was really cool and he's reading he you know he's doing the reading and um he was just someone that i was really influenced by i guess just because he was like this amazing chef but he was he wasn't like a pretentious asshole he was you know he told it like it was and, and, uh, and he was aware of, you know, all the struggles in the business and kind of brought those to light for someone that wouldn't really know otherwise, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, mental health and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm sure in that industry, in the food industry, any, 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 <laughs> any industry at this point, I guess we could say, but I do feel like uh, there's a, a large piece of, you know, mental illness and awareness that does need to be brought to the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry. 
um, any creative realm for sure. And I do think that a lot of people related to him and I really need to check out that audible. Uh, you just mentioned it again, John and I have talked about that a few times. I gotta get, I gotta get that and check that out. Um, so aside from being inspired by, you know, people, there's other ways to find creativity and inspiration for what we do in the creative realm. What are, what are some things that you pull from when you need to come up with a dish, whether you're doing an event, a wedding, something unique at home? What do you typically go to to figure out a dish that you're going to make? Um, yeah, if I'm building a menu, I'm kind of thinking like, you know, what can I use that's right here, you know, and in we're in Maine, which is, I guess when I started out, I didn't really, I didn't really like take it for what it was, but it's like, we're in Maine. We have this amazing seafood. We have, you know, amazing produce, um, amazing, uh, artisanal, you know, maple syrups and, and cheeses. And there's just so much here that we have at our fingertips to use. And, um, that you wouldn't have in a lot of other places. So it's kind of like, I guess just my surroundings and being in Maine and, and trying to use those products and uh, really bring it to light. I love that. Do you feel like you spoil your family at home or do you find that when you're leaving work, when you get home, it kind of it goes on the back burner a little bit. Like, are you the, are you the type of chef that also likes to be cooked for, or are you more of like the control freak in the kitchen? Because that's your domain. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I, I'd like to say that I, I cook all the time, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's tough. It, it, it's hard. And, and sometimes it's, you're exhausted and you're just like, what can I make that's easy? And, um, you know, get everyone fed and, and, uh, but I do. Yeah. I, I mean, there's times when I, when I'll cook a lot at home, but it's not an everyday thing now. Yeah. I feel like that's a misconception. A lot of people, um, think, you know, you get fed well constantly if you're with a chef or you, you know, it's a big elaborate spread every day. Um, and I'm sure it's like, no. big, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, especially when I was in the restaurants working so long hours, like I, I would, Sometimes I'd, you know, you're at, you're at the restaurant cooking all this really nice food for everyone and you're there for hours and hours on end. And then you get home and you're like, you think to yourself, wow, I didn't even eat today. Like other than just tasting while you're cooking, you know, you're tasting seasoning and everything like that. And then you get home and you're like, wow, I never actually, you know, had a meal and, you know, you might have a peanut butter sandwich or something before you go to bed. So it's, uh, it's, it's funny to, to look at it like that, but, um, that's how it goes a lot of times. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have uh, has a chef always been the plan? Have you always wanted to be in the kitchen? Um, yeah. I mean, growing up, like you know, for holidays and stuff like that, I I always liked to be involved. Like whatever it was, maybe making a cheesecake or making an appetizer for Thanksgiving or whatever whatever it was. I I kind of always had an interest in that. Um. And then, you know, when I was 14, 15 and kind of wanted to get a weekend job or whatever, I, I started just kind of working in restaurants, doing dishes and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, <clears throat> kind of working my way up. And then, uh, 
you know, doing some prep and working the line. And then I kind of just sort of like, what am I going to do with myself? Like one day I was just like, what am I doing? Like, what am I going to be? Like, I have to be something. So <laughs> what am I going to be? And it's like, I kind of already had that a little bit of the knowledge just from doing that. So um, I remember just calling my mom and being like, kind of like at a crossroads, like, what, 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 what should I do? And she was just like, well, if you like to cook, why don't you go to culinary school, you know? And so I was like, all right, let's, let's go. And we, we kind of, she brought me to a couple of places and we toured and I, I ended up just going to a small certificate program in Massachusetts, um, kind of a couple of times over from where my dad and my dad's side of the family lives and uh, just started that. And here we are now. Did you have a moment after, you know, graduation and, and as the year started passing where you were like, holy shit, I'm a chef. Like I made that like a moment where maybe you were around a table and everyone was blown away or you started a restaurant gig or, I mean, do you remember the first moment where you were like, wow, like I'm doing it. Honestly, like this is one um, industry where it's like a little different. Like when you, when you go to college to become a nurse for instance you you know you do your schooling you get out you take your test your state license or whatever and then now you're a nurse right and as a chef you go to culinary school and you get out and you're 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 nobody you start you start there like luckily I already had some some uh, experience so you know I kind of got into it pretty fairly quickly but as far as someone that never really um you know did it because a lot of people that go to culinary school they're, they're just like oh i want to be a chef and they just go and they, they never had any experience well in that case like you get out whether you graduate or like you graduate you get out and you're you start at the bottom you know you have to work your way up so it's not like like i said it's not like you just you get out and you're now you're a chef like you have to still start and and get your your time and, and, and work your way up in the field, which is a lot different than other industries. Yeah, that's really, that's true. You get the street credit. That's for sure. You put in the time. What, before you were head chef, yeah. the other positions before then, what is the position before then that you felt good doing in a restaurant? That I felt good doing? Yeah. Like, would you prefer, like when you were in the kitchen, obviously, you know, everyone goes through like dishwashing, prep, sous chef, server, management, et cetera. Like, were there other parts of a restaurant that you enjoyed doing before you were on the front line? I guess you could say. No, I just, I like to be involved, you know, I just liked it. Um, all of it, you know, yeah. even now, I mean, especially now that I have my own business, I do it all. I have to do it all anyway, you know, dishes, prep everything so um, a lot of times <laughs> just me but um yeah a lot of guys are like you know they get that title now they're above doing the rest of the stuff but everyone's just as important as the next guy as far as the, the restaurant business goes like you every job is neat is a there's a need for it you know and it's um that's kind of how I look at it so it's kind of like you gotta you gotta be willing to do it all if well, and that's succeed. probably, I mean, that's probably what sets you apart of being able to run a business and, and do all of the things is that you do have that mentality that like the dishwasher is just as important as the chef and vice versa and, yeah. and, and all around it. And that's probably, you know, your management style and skills. And 
the reason you can do a large event or just another day on the truck, et cetera, uh, and why it's successful is the fact that you, everyone is the same. Um, and I think, I think if more people looked at no matter what prof profession they were in, more like that, that everybody's position and spot is needed and just as important, uh, things could be a well-oiled machine so much more than they are. Uh, I see it a lot in many different industries and a lot of interviews that I've done. And it's always nice to hear that. It's always nice to hear the top dog say that every single person is beside them and not below them. Um, it's one of my favorite, favorite pieces to entrepreneurship actually is when uh, you take all of the many pieces and people that it takes to form one unit and that's how it comes alive. Um, so I love that you just said that. I think that that's key. And anyone listening that's hearing that, whether you're going to start a business or you're going to fly out on your own, to so just remember where you started and remember that all of the people that brought you up there that help get you there every day are they're beside you, not below you. Um, so let's talk a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit of rapid fire with questions here. Um, I want to just hear a little bit about, you know, how you feel about certain things in the kitchen and certain dishes. Um, and so we'll keep it short, sweet, and simple. And I'm just going to fire off some questions. Okay. All right. What's your favorite dish to cook? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I don't like that question. I don't need, I, you know what? I almost scratched it. It's like when people ask me, what's the, that was your favorite photo you've ever taken? I always, I always say I haven't taken it yet. Like I'd like to think I hadn't taken it yet. Right. So, all right, let's see. What is, what is, let's switch then. Let's say, um, what's a dish that people really love of yours? Um, I don't know. I like to. I like to put it all into everything I make. So I kind of don't, I don't know. I, th I think that I'm pretty confident about, you know, what I'm making. So I just feel like I can, if I set, set my mind to a certain thing, like I'm going to make it good. Yeah, no, I like that. Favoring over another dish probably doesn't make sense in that world either. It's like saying that one is better than the other and it's set in stone like that almost puts like a limit to what you're doing. So that makes sense. I totally respect that answer for sure. And um, I like to make the same thing. Like people say like, Oh, what's your, like you just said, like, what's your favorite thing to make? Like, is there something that you make that, you know, is a sure thing. And yeah, I have, I have a handful of things that I know have worked in the past that I will do again, but it's boring to do the same thing over and over. So, um, you know, everyone has their, I don't know, dozen dishes or something that they do variations of, but I wouldn't say I do it exactly the same a lot. You know what I mean? Like if it's like a, you know, one dish, I'll make it a bunch of different variations of it, but it's never really exactly the same dish. Hmm. And that's probably so creative and you're discovering new things about not only yourself, but the way you can utilize food and seasonings and spices, changing it up constantly. Yeah. And you have to keep it interesting for yourself. Like as a chef, like you, if you're just doing the exact thing all the time, you, you know, you turn into like a robot and it's like, it, it's not, it's not inspiring anymore. It's like, you know, you do something for so long the same way. And it's just like, you just become like a robot. Yeah. It's like what 
you gotta you gotta keep learning and and innovating and finding like better ways to do it or better ingredients to add or anything like that like I don't know I just I like to just keep moving forward and and trying new stuff Mm, I love that absolutely absolutely so then with that said what are a few spices or seasonings that you are your go-tos that you prefer to use um I mean it's all about balance you know what I mean you you gotta have uh, I, I like to say I cook like very simply like people people might try one of my dishes and go and like rave about it and go like oh my god what do you put in that and it's like it makes me laugh kind of sometimes because it's like I use the the least amount of ingredients that I can that that are needed you know and it's it's all about just the balance of flavors like you need your salty your sweet your your acidity and just the balance of those really bring out whatever it is you're making tastes good so um but as far as that goes as far as seasonings like for a sweetener like i I, i'm a maple syrup guy like people might might laugh but um instead of just raw sugar if i'm if i'm making like a savory dish that needs a little sweet i'm always going maple syrup like a main maple syrup it's just gives it that kind of caramelly sweetness that's that's one of my I use it in a lot of like pretty much everything that if I'm going to use a sweet that's what I'm using Mm, that sounds amazing (laughs) do you feel like people either have it or they don't when it comes to being able to like balance out seasonings and saltiness and the right amount of if you add this you need this do you feel like that's something that cannot be taught oh absolutely yeah and it took a while to learn that you know you 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 have to just taste everything that you make and it's it's hard it takes a long time to to taste something and think to yourself like what does this need doesn't you know it's easy to it's easy to think poorly and say and think oh this needs salt but it doesn't it need it might need sweet or it might need a little acidity you know so it takes a while i think to develop that and realize what you need but but some people yeah some people just can't do it I don't think (laughs) yeah I agree I think it's probably like anything it's it's probably the equivalent of like being tone deaf like you either understand the beat and the rhythm that's coming up or you don't and it's probably a similar fashion of like being able to test things and decide um, a balance Uh, I always wondered that because I do feel like there are some people that when they cook, they don't understand that like there's literally no flavor to this Uh, or the people that are over measurers, like (laughs) I like to say, you know, like people that need very specific measuring cups so like their entire thing crumbles. Uh, And these are probably not trained chefs that I'm speaking about, but like, you know, just in my family, like when I'm when I'm in the kitchen with my mom and my sister, you know, my mom is the one that's like well, you don't have a measuring cup for this. You need this size. And I'm like, well, I've always just kind of like used this and this, and then I just decided, or I'm Googling like <laughs> the different measuring cups. Uh, but my mom, she's one of those people that she's like, well, you need to measure this. Um, yeah. I mean, it, when you're cooking like savory, it's, it's a lot different. Like I, I'm not, I can't bake or, or, uh, you know, pastry is not my strong suit. So, and pastry is more like, you need exact measurements, you know, you need, you need uh, down to the gram of, you know, sugar or whatever it is you're, 
the ingredients are, but that's why I'm, I'm kind of more rogue and that I don't like to, uh, I don't like that. I'd, I'd rather, that's why I like savory food so much is because I can just, you know, the sky's kind of the limit. You can do, there's, there's more, there's more, um, ways to make it taste good and you don't need exact measurements that's what I like and you can kind of just do what you do Mm, there's so much magic in the culinary world I'm sure it's just like a never-ending limitless creation like you could set down and decide things that you're making and there's literally no end to what you could do with things in front of you which is that's outstanding um okay next question what when you were in the kitchen before the salty mousse and you're working, you know, alongside other people and you're in restaurants, et cetera. What was always a pet peeve of yours when you're behind the line and you're in like the thick of service? What's a pet peeve of yours? There's a lot. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, you know, not being prepared is probably number one on that list. Um, you know, it's called your mise en place is when you have all your, all your ingredients in place to do a service, you know, down to your, your salt, to your, your oils, your vinegars, your everything on your, on your station has to be set and ready to go. Um, and when you're not ready is when things go wrong. And, uh, that's not being ready or, or having staff not ready. That's, that's my pet peeve, biggest, my biggest pet peeve for sure. Mm, that's understandable. I'm sure for you too, like being a professional creative, it's like your mind is going a million miles an hour while also so focused. And so anytime you have to, of course, be prepared, obviously, as a, as a chef working in the industry, but to have wrenches thrown at you. But I'm sure in those moments where you're in like that creative flow and then someone puts a stop to it with something little like they're not, they don't have it or it's not there. I'm sure that like puts yeah. a damper on what you're doing. Yeah, I can understand that. I feel like anyone in the creative world like gets that. You're in the moment of something and then it's like, nope, I don't have that. Um, all right, so another question for you. Anyone that's listening to this that might want to become a chef, um, what is your advice for them? Like, what should they be doing if they, maybe they're right out of high school or maybe they're 30 and they're like, I wanna go back to school and I wanna be a chef. Like, what's your advice for someone that wants to be in the chef world? Um, you know, I look at myself and, and I was kind of like, my only regret, I think is I would, I, I stuck around too long at jobs, you know? So if I was gonna, if someone came to me and said they wanted to be a chef, I would tell them to travel and, you know, move around, take different jobs, see how other chefs are doing things and learning that way, instead of don't get comfortable and stay at one job for a long time that's that's my only regret for myself was I, that's what I did I, I you know I thought that was the right thing to do was like stick in one spot and and uh that's that's not a good thing to do you want to you want to move around and and learn from other people and kind of soak it all up like a sponge and take in as much as you can mm, that's really good advice that's incredible yes yes and you've done not just only worked, you know, around different restaurants, but you did some private chef work for, for a few minutes, right? Yeah. Um, kind of 
when I was building the the food truck, um, I kind of did a little bit of that on the side, and um, yeah, and I I still do, you know, it it, it depends. Um, I kind of when when I started the salty moose, like I said, I didn't I didn't really know what I was gonna do with it. Like I I, I knew like I had visions for the truck and kind of like how I wanted it set up and everything. But like I said, I didn't know where I was going to set up, what kind of things I was going to do. And I think that I kind of thought I was going to be doing something totally different, I guess. Um, Like I wanted to do more weddings and I wanted to do kind of like bigger events like that. And then getting into it, I kind of, now I kind of don't, it's kind of really happened. You know, I, it's just, there's a lot of things that go into, into the weddings and stuff that, you know, I thought that's what I wanted to do. And, and, uh, now I kind of don't want to do that. Um, I do have some book for next season, but I kind of want to do more of like a service truck, like I'm doing at the brewery now, but I, I mean, I had to do it in, in order to figure that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of people in the wedding industry, like I myself can speak about this is like, do you feel like when you do really large weddings and it's like basically just banging out dishes for 200 people and essentially they're all the same or, you know, you're doing family style or whatever. And it's just about getting the food out, get the food out that you don't have a finger on it. Like you can't put your personal touch and your love into like connecting because there's just so many people that need to be fed. And it's almost like a robotic large wedding. Yeah. That's a great question because and that and that's the main reason why I don't want to do it. Um, but again, you have to kind of try a few things if you're just starting out to figure out what what you actually want to do. You know what I mean? And for me, um, I did a couple larger weddings, and I just said, okay, like this is too much. There's way too much going on here. Like, so it's not that I don't want to do weddings anymore, and I still will do them, but I think I'll put a cap on it. Like you know, 7,500 people tops. Mm-hmm. And um, just so you can control what's going on a little more than, uh, you know, 200 person is just a lot going on. So. Yeah. And I respect that you, I think a lot of people, when they start their own business, they take anything and everything they can get, whether it's like something that they don't even enjoy um, or something that they love to, you know, or the middle ground, they just take everything that they can get and anything on the books that they can book. Um, and you know, no, I, first, but it's, you learn real quick that that's not how you should do it. Exactly. And I love it. And I think that this is an incredible topic in the entrepreneurial world is that I do think we're stepping into a time where we don't, we, we can say no to things. And it's like, people yeah, think you, you, you have to say no too. And it's like, you can't, put out there that like, yeah, sure. I'll do whatever because then you'll do whatever. Right. So like finding your niche and finding small, something that you can grow that feels good doing, you can do more with, and then you can actually stay in that realm. So I would encourage anyone that's listening, no matter what industry you're in, don't just say yes to say yes, to get anything on the books. Um, you know, as Taylor was saying, it's not all about just bringing in the, the large mass it's trying things, but if it's important that if you try it and you're not for that to say no to that. And I think (laughs) weddings is exhausting. And if it is such a large mass of people, 
it's really hard to find the magic in what you're doing on that day because it's like a tornado of chaos. And if you're a creative, trying to slow down those moments so that you can capture, cook, feel, whatever it is for your client is almost impossible. And so I respect on such a high level that you want to bring it down a notch for people and the count so that you can deliver an experience that's authentic to your brand. Yeah. And like I said, I don't, I don't want to sacrifice the product. Like I want to give the, the I want to give them the best product that I can give. Mm, and, yeah. you know, it's hard. Like, I guess, I guess if I was going to do events like strictly then, uh, or like weddings, for instance, then, then that's all I have to do. You know what I mean? Like right now, you know, if I'm running a truck for a regular service daily, it's really hard to, you know, you, you know how the weddings go where you're, coordinating everything and emailing back and forth back and forth um you know trying to get give them what they want it's hard to do your day-to-day as well and keep up with that you know what I mean Mm. yeah so for me rather just focus on kind of one thing and do it well yeah I love that I totally respect that so when you are cooking for people and you are preparing things what is the best feeling? And will you describe that to us when people are eating your food? What does it feel like to know that like you're presenting this dish and they're loving it? Like that's got to feel incredible. Yeah, it does. Um, it is amazing that, I mean, that that's sometimes you have really hard days and it's just like, nothing seems to go right. And it's just, it's like, you just think to yourself, like, what am I doing? You know, it's like, this is, <laughs> why do I do this? But then you have days where someone comes up and they say, oh, that was like the best thing I ever ate. And you're like, what? Like, those are the moments that make you, that reassure you of like, this is what I'm, this is why I do this. You know what I mean? And, and reassure you that you made, you made the right choice. Like, okay, like I am good at this, you know? And yeah it it just feels great when when those moments happen um so yeah yeah it's got to feel incredible I feel like your food has so much love in it it is so artistic when I was writing the post to announce that you were going to be on the podcast I don't know why but I always just get this vibe from you that you're 100% an artist and I know that it can feel cliche and almost like silly for the person on the other end, like hearing someone call them an artist, like for me, for so many years and people would say like, well, you're an artist. I would just say like, no, what? I just, what? No. And so I, but I feel like for you, it's so much more than cooking. And it's fair to say that when you are a professional chef, I'm sure it's more than just cooking for everyone. However, there is an entirely different level when you take on a business in the creative realm where you're doing a service And it's literally your blood, sweat, tears, heart, soul, and time away from your family. And I've always seen you as someone that understands all of that. And so because of that, you show up to perform in such an artistic way that brings out everything going on in the room. And it's your energy, like your fast pace. I can see anytime I'm like watching you work, your eyes are all around. You're encompassing what's the feelings, the mood, the energy, making sure that everything is going to be an experience. And that is like such a divine energy and why you're on this podcast right now. And I do hope that, you know, whether the people listening know you, um, or if they don't know you, 
to go experience, check out the food truck. Um, I know you guys are pausing for a minute. When can people come back and experience the salty moose? When are you guys going to be up and going again with that? Um, you know, my original plan was, uh, to run it all year long, but, um, we have been having some difficulties with freezing up pipes and, you know, it's, you don't think of a lot of those, or I didn't think of, a, you know, how I was going to actually make it work, but, um, we are in Maine and <laughs> it is cold. So it's been tough, you know, filling water, draining water, that kind of thing when it's really freezing out. So, um, we're just taking a little break here. It's kind of up in the air when we're we're going to reopen, but we are we are going to do at least a couple weekends in February at the brewery. They're doing um, a couple, um, like a kind of a, like an Oktoberfest type of thing in February, Feb-tober-fest, or I don't I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but um, so we will be at the brewery in Limerick for a couple weekends in February for sure, and then kind of playing it by ear going into the spring, but we'll be adding a little more, a little more, a little more as it, as it warms up. Would you ever be down to do like a private chef, um, you know, cooking class or, you know, I know that it's hot right now. People are doing bachelor and bachelorette weekends away and they're bringing on like private chef for a weekend. Like, are you down for stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, that sounds like that would be something up up your alley. So if anyone's listening and you have an event coming up or you're looking for something fun for your family or your girlfriends, just some kind of gathering or you don't want someone to cook for you that you're having a big gathering for, definitely give Taylor a shout out. I highly recommend it. It's an entire experience. Um, and I think on that note, um, we're going to wrap it up. But I want to end, I want to end a little bit on uh, advice giving note. And that is... Uh, I want you to tell us a little bit, just in a few sentences, what it's like having a business and why it has all been worth it. Um, for me, like I said, it goes back to the family thing. Um, I, I'm able to spend more time with my family and that is like huge for me, um, especially in this business. Obviously it's long hours and it's um, it's been really great to kind of do what I love, but be around the people I love as well at the same time. So that, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Sounds like you're getting the best of both worlds, your fam jam yeah. and your career. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, good important. for you. It balance is important. important. Yes. Balance is so important. And I do feel like more and more people are realizing that, that the pandemic is hitting and uh, you're doing it right. You're for sure doing it right. And I know that we all are so proud of you and it's been an incredible journey to follow. And I'm personally super stoked to see where you go next and, and what it's going to bring. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and share with us. And I do know that it is inspiring to hear what it's like to feel as though you're not getting what you want out of life. And then you decide to change it and you do it and you're doing that. So I hope you understand um, the level of that and that it's it's pretty incredible yeah well thanks again for having me and uh i hope this helps someone if they you know i i, I get really excited talking about um this stuff when someone says like oh i love the food truck like i don't know how to do it like i'd love to i'd love to 
I'd love to build one. And I, I get really excited. I'm like, I will help you. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I love it. And, and I, I can't recommend it enough for if someone wants to do this, just to just do it, just do it and uh, make it happen. Make it happen. All right. Well, and you guys heard it. He'll help you build a food truck if you're interested. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll give you all my pointers anyway. That's for sure. That's amazing. All right, Taylor, tell us where everyone can find you in the Salty Moose. Where are you hanging out? Um, I'm at Nice Brewery in Limerick. Um, you know, that's my regular spot, my home, my home base. Um, and then events, you can reach me at, reach out to me at uh, the Salty Moose Main com um send a message on there and yeah awesome and in the show notes i will include the website the instagram and the facebook and how you can get a hold of taylor if you're interested and it's been a pleasure taylor i wish you guys all of the best i'm not going to say good luck because luck is not at all what you need it's the hard work and gumption that you already have so thanks again so much for hanging out on the doers and shakers podcast and i will see you out there all right. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Appreciate it. And there you have it. Episode 15 of the Doers and Shakers podcast. Massive shout out to Taylor Stanton. Thank you so much for sharing all the sweet and salty insider edition scoops of what it's like to be a business owner, a chef, and a family man. You for sure have inspired many and will continue to do so. I personally cannot wait to get my hands on another plate that you've created in the near future. If anyone is interested in getting in touch with Taylor, you can catch him on Instagram, The Salty Moose. He's also on Facebook. And thesaltymoosemain.com is the website where you can directly get in touch with him. You heard it for yourself as well. He is willing to answer questions if you too are inspired and wanting to start your own mobile kitchen, food truck, or business that has to do with chef life. Thanks again so much, Taylor. We wish you all of the best of things, and we wish all of you listening to hang on to any of the dreams, the hopes, the visions, and the creative feelings, vibes, and energy that you get from each and every one of these episodes and put forth your vision personally. And if you're working on something groovy and rad and you want us to hear about it, send me a message, shoot me a DM, doers.and.shakers on Instagram. You can also check us out on www.doersandshakers.com. Thanks as always for listening and be well.